Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column. Agents take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Um, this time, we're going to take a look at two things. Quentin Nelson's uh, new contract and also uh, quarterbacks in a pivotal year. Something to prove or crossroads, however you want to call it. But first up, um, since our last episode, Quentin Nelson became the league's highest paid offensive guard. The deal was done on the eve of the Annapolis Colts' first regular season game on September 10th. I was beginning to think that this deal wasn't going to get done. And Nelson was a little miffed that it took so long that it was the night before the first game that he gets the deal. But nonetheless, massive reset of the guard market. Uh, four-year extension averaging $20 million per year, um, $80 million uh, total new money, uh, new standards for guarantees for interior offensive linemen, $60 million overall guarantees, $41 million fully guaranteed at signing. The previous standard at the position had been uh, Brandon Sheriff, who signed a three-year, $49.5 million deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars in free agency, averaging $16.5 million per year. The deal was worth as much as $52.5 million through incentives. Now, at $20 million per year, that's a 21.2% increase over Sheriff's deal. Massive reset of the market. Now, previous uh, standard for the guarantees... Uh, was released for offensive guards. Overall guarantees was Joe Tooney's $46.9 million. So we're talking about a 28% increase over the overall guarantees. And Zach Martin had the most fully guaranteed at signing um, for a guard, and also about a 28% increase. He was at 32, now at 41. Seems like Nelson was trying to say, I transcended the position, don't compare me to guards, compare me to the best offensive lineman, which your highest paid for typically left tackles. And Colts owner Jim Ursay had called him a generational player and compared him to John Hanna, who is considered by many to be the best offensive guard to ever play the game. Because if you look at uh, where he ranks among offensive linemen, as I said earlier, fourth highest paid offensive lineman totally. And if you look at where the uh, guarantees are, in terms of overall guarantees, he's third. Only Ronnie Stanley and Ryan Ramchek have more overall guarantees. Uh, Stanley's at a shade over 66, 65.5 million in overall guarantees, and Ramchek's at like 
60.2. Then he's fourth and fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, you've got uh, Ronnie Stanley, who has 58 and some change. Uh, actually, 58.8, I should say, uh, which is fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, Ryan Ramsick, uh, a little over 43, and Taylor Moten at 43. Now you have uh, Nelson coming in fourth at 41. Tremendous deal. Also, signing bonus. He's got a $31 million signing bonus. That's the biggest, and that's part of the fully guaranteed money. So, 31 of the full get 41 fully guaranteed is a signing bonus. And this signing bonus is the largest ever for an offense, offensive lineman. Previously, it had been Trent Williams at 30.1 million. He's at 31. Now, let's, let's look at the deal a little more closely. Uh, he was scheduled to make $14,563,059. And the reason I say that is he had the 13.754 million fifth year option. And also he was entitled to a 17th game check under the CBA, which goes away if you don't add it back in in the um, extension. And it would have been paid as a benefit. And no cap charge, but now there's a cap charge of $809,059. So that was the existing money, and uh, can't complain about the cash flow here at all with Nelson's deal. That he goes from making 14, basically 14.6, to $20,436,941 this year. I mean, it's making 35. It's, it's a $20,436,000. $436,941 in new money this year. So that's the new money on top of what he's supposed to make through 2022, where he's earned. Then, and that's 25.6% of the new money, of the $80 million in new money, uh, before he's played one down, before he's gotten to the, before he's gotten to the uh, I should say, first new contract year, which is next year, 2023. Um, he's at $26,436,941 in new money through 2023, the first new year. That's 33.1%. That, that's good. Um, through the second new year, he's at $45,436,941. It's basically at 56.8% of the new money. Good structure, good structure. He's at $62 million of the new money through the third year. That's um 77.5%. So this is a player-friendly structure to the contract. What's happened in this case is that he's been able to restore the traditional or what had been where the um, offensive guards had been relative to the overall offensive lineman market. If you look at where the highest paid guard had been before the uh, tackle salaries have taken off the past couple of years. Back when Zach Martin became the highest paid um, offensive guard in 2018 at $14 million per year, that deal put him as the second paid offensive lineman in the league. By the end of the year, he dropped to fourth because other deals had been done. Earlier in the year, 2018, at free agency, Andrew Norwell had been the highest-paid guard on a five-year, $66.5 million deal. 
which averaged $13.3 million per year. And that had made, at the time, Norwell the second highest paid offensive lineman in the league. By the end of the season, he dropped a fifth. And if you go back to 2016 free agency, uh, Coletio Simile was the third highest paid offensive lineman uh, when signed. So Nelson being fourth just puts him back at the traditional salary hierarchy where offensive linemen have been. I think this deal is probably going to hold up uh, pretty well because there aren't really any young guards on the horizon that should challenge this deal. And when you reset the market by over 20%, you're probably going to be the uh, positional leader for at least two years, if not longer. Now, uh, this could be a situation which is kind of similar to what's been happening at, at defensive tackle. Because if you look at the defensive tackle market back in 2018, Aaron Donald became the league's highest paid um, interior defensive lineman and the first non-quarterback to break the $20 million per year barrier when he signed a six-year extension averaging $22.5 million um, per year. Nobody had been able to reach the Donald contract in the four years since he signed. Now, that deal subsequently been redone because Aaron Donald's in the discussion for the greatest defensive player of all time and was underpaid, had three years left on his contract, and the Rams did something most teams never do, basically ripped it up, gave him a new deal without adding any new years, and just added new money, so he's now making $95 million over the remaining three years of the contract at $31.67 million per year. But that $22.5 million the year that um, Donald signed had been a ceiling for everybody else. Yeah, you could get to 21. That was DeForest Buckner, Leonard Williams. You get to 20, Chris Jones. But you weren't getting above Aaron Donald. Now, that barrier is gone. I suspect the same thing is going to happen with Quentin Nelson. I could be wrong, but I think that He's probably going to have his deal stand up uh, fairly well over time. I know the cap's going to start going up dramatically, not so much in 2023, but beginning in 2024. So that could factor into the equation as well. But I really anticipate that come 2024, we get through the 2024 season, Nelson's still going to be the highest paid. Um, offensive guard um, could be 25 as well or at least through 20, 2025 free agency but very strong deal for Quentin Nelson well deserved since if he's not the best guard in the league it's Zach Martin um, Martin I don't think is going to be able to uh, supplant him because Martin was an old rookie Martin 23 years old as a rookie, 32 in November, and he's under contract through 2024. The Cowboys haven't done anything, and rightfully so, with that lifetime contract Tyron Smith signed. 
which was an eight-year extension when he had two years left on his rookie contract. Cowboys like really long deals. Uh, he's perpetually injured, but tackle market has basically doubled since he signed. Because <laughs> he was at 13, no, not quite doubled, but he's at uh, 12 to a year. <laughs> and, well, close. Now highest paid tackles are making $23 million per year. So they haven't adjusted his deal. So the Cowboys probably aren't going to treat Zach Martin like uh, Aaron Donald, but more like Tyron Smith. So Nelson, new standard, fourth $20 million uh, per year offensive lineman. Hats off to him. And now the Colts have to start winning some games. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now let's take a look at quarterbacks uh, in a proven year. And let's start with uh, Carson Wentz of the Washington Commanders. Uh, Wentz is on his third team in three years. In 2020, he had that stunning regression that nobody saw coming, which led to a 2021 trade to the Colts. And played reasonably well last year, but down the stretch, and particularly in the regular season finale to the Jaguars, who still ended up with the first overall pick, they lost when they had their uh, playoff destiny in their hands and missed the playoffs. So I didn't think the Colts were going to make him a one-year rental, and so they essentially gave up a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 first-round pick for him. He was traded to the Washington Commanders for 2022 third-round pick and a conditional 2023 third-round pick. The third-round pick in 2023 becomes a second-round pick if Wentz takes at least 70% of Washington's offensive snaps. Right after the trade was made, Colts owner Jim Irsay called acquiring Wentz a mistake. (laughs) Now, one man's tra- one team's trash is another team's treasure, potentially. Wentz is a big upgrade over uh, Taylor Heineke, who ended up being last year's starting quarterback after a, a week one injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wentz becomes the best quarterback that the commanders have had and hopefully will bring some stability to the position since uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, who played on two franchise tags in 2016 and 17 and left in free agency in 2018. 
Now, Wentz is under contract for two years with $53.4 million left on his deal. He's off to a pretty decent start. Uh, 1-1 record uh, for the Commanders. He's thrown for 650 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Completion percentage, 65.5. So, I still wouldn't pay him. Um next year if uh, he reverts too close to his 2017 form where he was looked like he was headed for the MVP award before late season um, ACL uh, and MCL um, tear. So I'd make him do it again given his, uh, his trajectory the past couple of years. If this is just a mirage, Wentz may not get another chance to start. Uh, but so far, so good. Jimmy Garoppolo has gotten a new lease on life. And this is uh, a case where the 49ers now look smart in keeping Jimmy Garoppolo when their original plan was to trade him um, because of Trey Lance. And Trey Lance yesterday early in the game against the Seahawks broke his right ankle, was having season any surgery. So Jimmy G to the rescue. Jimmy Garoppolo kind of picked up where he left off last year. 13 for 21, 154 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and a rushing touchdown. But Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't supposed to be a San Francisco 49er this year. Um, The idea was to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's what everyone assumed would happen. But his shoulder injury threw a monkey wrench into that plan. Um, hurt his shoulder, throwing shoulders, right shoulder in the playoffs last year, had surgery in March, so that trade market disappeared. And no team was willing to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo while he was rehabbing his soldier, shoulder. And all the starting quarterback jobs disappeared at that point. So to me, that kind of says something. Well, we're not going to make way for Jimmy Garoppolo to plant a starter. Someone that we have penciled as a starter. He's now 32 and 14 in games that uh, he started as a 49er. I mean, still, no, excuse me, still 31 and 14 didn't start uh, last game. So I'll take that back. Didn't get credit for the win. Now, what Garoppolo did was he took a uh, supposed to make 25 million during the season, 24.2 million dollar base salary, and had 800 thousand dollars in per game roster bonuses. Now, it's down to seven total with an additional, I think it's uh, oh, 7.95 in incentives looking at it. But the big, the bulk of his incentives come from, he's got this in, one incentive where for each game he plays 25% or more of uh, San Francisco's offensive plays, he gets 250 then an additional 100 for a win. So yesterday he made $350,000 in incentives. Obviously he didn't play that in week one, so he can't earn it in week one. But Garoppolo gives the 49ers actually a better chance to win than Trey Lance. And they got to the uh, NFC Championship game next year. So Garoppolo can keep winning games. He's not a guy that you win because of his arm, but you can win with him. Then... He's going to be in a good position for free agency next year because not only did he, no, did he get a no-trade clause, but he also got a clause where you can't stick a franchise tag on him next year or a transition tag. So he's definitely hitting the open market. But 
that's the bulk of his incentives. The other incentives, there's $500,000 for 50% play time and the club making the playoffs. Then conference championship, he plays 50% of the regular season and 50% or more in the conference championship, $500,000. Same requirements, $4 million for the Super Bowl. But Jimmy Garoppolo, sitting pretty. <laughs> Right now, with the uh, Trey Lance uh, injury. Now, another guy who is in a position to resurrect his career. Well, actually, Garoppolo didn't really need to resurrect his career, but a guy who does need to resurrect his career is Baker Mayfield. Now, the Browns are going to roll with Baker Mayfield, but ended up pursuing Deshaun Watson, and nobody really saw this coming. They gave up three first-round picks and some other picks to get Deshaun Watson. Held on to Mayfield to the middle of July before dealing with the Panthers for a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick. Yeah, that becomes a fourth-round pick of him taking at least 70% of Carolina's uh, snaps. He's scheduled to make a fully guaranteed $18.858 million fifth-year option. Um, but took a slight pay cut to $15.358 million, where $3.5 million was being added back in um, incentives to uh, facilitate the trade. Now, Mayfield, since the trade took place in the middle of July, had to loan the offense on the fly and beat out Sam Darnold, the third overall pick in 2018, when he was the first overall pick. And quite frankly, if he couldn't have beaten out um, Sam Darnold, that would have been a bigger problem. Now, Mayfield, it's kind of like the old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. That last year in 2021, played through a torn labrum in his left shoulder to try to help the team out. Didn't play particularly well. When he probably should have been looking out for number one and shut it down. Twenty In 2020, second half of the year, played really well and was wasn't the reason but the Browns got to the playoffs and won a playoff game but he looked like someone you could win with now it's up for Mayfield to prove that last year was for the injury and not he's really the 2020 guy so far it ain't looking good Panthers are 0-2 he's completing 53.6% of his passes so he's got to pick it up because uh, Matt Rule's job depends pretty much on Baker Mayfield. He was already on the hot seat, and if I'm Matt Rule starting 0-2 and the way things look right now, I'd start dusting off that resume for college jobs next year. And if May- Baker Mayfield continues to play like he has so far this year, he's a backup quarterback next year, uh, plain and simple. Now, Jared Goff, uh, well, kind of feel sorry for him from the standpoint that he got sent to the Lions from the Rams perennial playoff team um, offseason of 2021. Uh, Rams wanted to upgrade over a quarterback and got Matthew Stafford and then immediately won the Super Bowl in Stafford's first year, something that the uh, Rams couldn't do with um, Goff. Got to the Super Bowl. Couldn't score any points, but 
Goff got off to a really rocky start last year in Detroit, but played his best football down the stretch. They won three games of the last four games that he played in December and January. Uh, he completed 67% of his passes, nine touchdowns, two interceptions in those games. And they're now one and one, and they may be a tough out this year. The, they're one of the teams people um, expect to make a pretty decent leap, maybe seven, eight wins. He's got a six to one touchdown interception ratio so far this year. And he's going to have to not maintain that, but he can't be a turnover machine. And they've got to show improvement because he's got two years left on his contract and no guaranteed money left. He's got 25.65 million um, in 2023 and a little over 26.65 million in 2024. If they're close to last year's team, he's not seeing that money. Now, in Ryan Tannehill's case, he had a poor performance in the AFC Divisional Playoff loss to the Bengals last year when the Titans were the number one seed. And that kind of overshadowed a pretty pretty good 2021 season. If you, if you put any stock in pro football focus and their rankings and metrics, he was the 45th best performing player last season. Seven quarterbacks were ahead of him. Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, um, Cousins, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Stafford. Now, the AFC South was is supposed to be a two-team race between the Colts, who are 0-2, and the Titans. Titans get the uh, Bills tonight, <laughs> uh, which is not an easy task. <laughs> but they drafted Malik Willis in the third round. And if Tannehill falters or the Titans aren't in the playoffs, this could be a swan song because 2023 is the final year of his uh, four-year, $118 million contract he signed in 2020. He's got a $36.6 million cap number, which is the sixth largest in the NFL uh, for next year. So... Let's turn our attention to two guys that are going to be linked forever because of their college career. Um, we'll start with um, Jalen Hurts, uh, the former Alabama quarterback uh, who transferred to Oklahoma. Um, last year, the Eagles were expected to be rebuilding, but second half of the season, turned it around, um, made the playoffs. They were 9-8. and eight. Uh, Hertz was one of the most dangerous dual-threat quarterbacks, rushed for 784 yards, 10 touchdowns, but completed just 61.3% of his passes, uh, 3,144 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Now, expectations are much higher for the Eagles, that they've uh, improved the talent overall on the team and got him a brand-new spanking toy. They went out and... Traded with the Titans for A.J. Brown. Gave up their first and third round pick in 2022 on day one of the draft. And Hurts seems like he likes his new toy. The regular season opener, uh, Brown had 10 catches for 155 yards. Now, Eagles, doors wide open for them to win the division. Cowboys... Did get a win over the Bengals yesterday if Cooper Rush is a backup quarterback, but Dak Prescott is out at least four weeks uh, with a broken thumb on his throwing, throwing hand, maybe longer. 
But if Hurts doesn't show improvement as a passer and the Eagles aren't making improvement team-wise, they've got the ammunition in a draft-heavy, quarterback-heavy draft next year to move up. They have their pick in the Saints 2023 uh, first-round pick. Now, let's turn our attention to the heavily scrutinized Tua Tungo Viola. Now, Tua took uh, Hertz's job at Alabama, which is why he ultimately transferred. Tua is someone that part of the problem is Joe Burrow, who's gotten off to a bad start this year, and Justin Herbert were taken ahead of him. Um, Burrow won. That's not really the issue. It's the fact that Herbert went, went sixth right after Tua went fifth. And Herbert's looked like a franchise quarterback from day one. was Rookie of the Year in 2020. Whereas the jury's been still out on Tua. Tua, this year's going to go a long way in determining whether his fifth-year option will be picked up, for which should be in the neighborhood of $25 million at a minimum. The Dolphins have given him all the tools necessary to succeed. They gave up five picks to get Tyreek Hill, the NFL's most dangerous deep threat, and upgraded the offensive line um, sign. Teron um, Armstead and Connor Williams. Have an offensive-minded head coach now, Mike McDaniel, to replace Brian Flores. McDaniel is a Kyle Shanahan disciple and was a 49ers offensive coordinator uh, last year. Two has gotten off to a great start, and yesterday raised some eyebrows, raised some eyebrows in a positive way. Led a fourth-quarter comeback, 21-point deficit, for the Dolphins for a 42-38 win over the Ravens. Threw for 469 yards, six touchdowns, did throw two interceptions, but tied a team record for touchdowns in a game, um, which was held jointly by Bob Greasy and Dan Marino. Uh, Tua keeps this up. Not only is he going to get that $25 million option, they get that uh, fifth-year option picked up, may end up in the Pro Bowl. Dolphins are going to be a serious, a tough out contender for the AFC um, crown. And he's going to erase all the critics who now should have laryngitis after yesterday. Um, Because last week, Sean Payton was talking about how he expects Tua to be benched at some point, not because of injury and Teddy Bridgewater to play and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who... Shared the job with him when Tua was a rookie. Said that Tua doesn't have any elite traits. Doesn't have size. He's a smaller quarterback. Doesn't have the arm strength. Doesn't have elite speed. So he's going to have to be have great anticipation and great accuracy um, in Fitzpatrick's mind. But these two guys, uh, so far this year... Um, Probably shouldn't make those comments again because Tua is leading the league in passing yards with 739, tied for the lead with touchdown passes, seven. He's completing 71.1% of his passes for a 116.5 passer rating. Now, let's turn our attention to the 2-0 Giants. Um, Brian Dayball has gotten the team off to 2-0 for the first time in 16 years. It's not because of Daniel Jones, who... Didn't have his fifth-year option for $22.34 million picked up. But uh, they're winning with him, not because of him. So 
we'll see what happens with Jones. But Jones um, has a healthy Saquon Barkley. Uh, completing 71% of his passes. Not throwing a lot of them. Um, but if the Giants end up surprising, then they could bring him back and keep him around. Um, or he could set himself up in position to be a bridge quarterback next year. Now, speaking of bridge quarterbacks, we got two that were number two picks in the draft. Mitchell Trubisky of the Steelers, who's got the first crack at replacing Ben Roethlisberger, who retired after 18 years. He's on a two-year, $14.825 million contract, worth up to $26.785 million in incentives. Well, I don't think the way the Steelers are playing right now and the way the offense isn't moving, uh, Kenny Pickett, the 20th overall pick in this year's draft, will be starting at some point in time this year if this keeps up because they are one-and-one Steelers. Should have because uh, all the turnovers the Bengals had in week one, game shouldn't have been close. They scored 37 points as a team this year, and that includes a pick six by Minka Fitzpatrick in the season opener against the Bengals. So this could be a short-lived reign starting quarterback uh, for Trubisky. And then there's Marcus Mariota of the Falcons, who's only got a starting job this year because – of a failed pursuit of Deshaun Watson that Matt Ryan wanted out and was dealt to the Colts for a 2022 third round pick after the Falcons didn't get um, Watson. Uh, Mariota's reunited with Arthur Smith, who was the Titans offensive coordinator in 2019, um, his final year in Tennessee when he got benched in midway during the sixth game of the season for Ryan Tannehill and never, started another game. Now, Falcons have hedged their bets by drafting Desmond Ritter in the third round of this year's draft. And I kind of look at Marcus's deal as basically a one-year deal for $6.75 million. It's two On paper, it's two years at $18.75 million. There's $12 million in 2023, including a $3 million fifth day of the league year roster bonus. So uh, Mariota's got to play at a fairly high level for him to see year two. But um, that's it for the uh, quarterbacks and a look at Quentin Nelson's deal. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.